The Red Gaze is sponsored by the Sacred Pipe Resource Center with the assistance of Dakota Media Access. Warrior chief and Indian maid, you put us on a screen that way. Paints and wigs and olden days, everything but our red gaze. Hey yo, hey ya, hey yo. Welcome to the Red Gaze, where we critique native-themed films based on our perspective as the native audience, a program where we discuss what films get right, what they get wrong, and how we apply the Red Gaze to what could have been. Welcome everyone to today's podcast. Today, we're looking at the movie Dance Me Outside. I'm your host, Cheryl Carey. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mariah Croigo. Hello, hello. Clay Rising Sun. Hello. And Nils Landon. Hey, what's up? Hey guys, you ready to dance outside? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so today uh, we're looking, as I said, uh, Dance Me Outside. It is a 1994 film. Uh, it got 7.1 on IMDb, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. So just a brief synopsis of the film. It's a story of life on a First Nations reserve in Ontario. Silas and Frank are trying to get into college to train to be mechanics but they find themselves having to deal with girls, family, and murder. Jeh. <laughs> <laughs> Tough stuff. <laughs> murder. A little heavy. <laughs> so, the scouting report, I didn't find a whole lot other than this film was based on a book by W.P. Kinsella. Apparently, it took a lot of criticism and controversy for being a non-native writing about native, you know, native issues. But, of course, <laughs> what else is there? Yeah, what um, else is new? Yeah. What'd you guys, you guys find anything interesting out about this film? Yeah. What you brought up the author. I'll do some research on him too, as well. I was like, well, who is this guy who made this, wrote this book? And one of the, one of the things I've seen in some of my research was that um, not only did he make, write this book, he also wrote a book that was adapted into the movie Field of Dreams as well. So he had two books that were adapted to movies and kind of a grim note was uh, I read that also he um, died in 2016 from assisted suicide. Oh, wow. oh really? Dang. Yeah, so he, it was the doctor assisted suicide is how he met his mice. So he was controversial to the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, what is his name? Dr. Kravorky? Dang. Mariah, did you find anything? Yeah, I actually found out that Sadie and little Margaret are sisters. Yeah, in real life, in real life, they're sisters. There was actually three of them: Sadie, Little Margaret, and there's another character in there that they're all sisters. Selma Running Bear Sandoval has a movement that is addressed to um, injustice done to Native Americans. His thing is on. He has a. It's kind of like a blog thing. It's called NativeHope.com. He plays Coyote in the film. So if you guys ever want to join that blog, I joined it. Some of there's some good stuff on there about, uh, and the injustice of it. And Poppy is Chinese. She's oh. not native. I don't remember which one Poppy was. She's she, the one that moves to Toronto. Yeah. Frank's girlfriend. She's kind of the oh, tall, yeah, taller yeah. one. The yeah. taller one. I yeah. She's got like a femme fatale vibe. kind yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy because she does look native. Yeah. She, I wouldn't She's have guessed. Chinese. Full mm-hmm. Chinese. That's crazy. I found that he didn't really like the quality of the movie, the guy who wrote it. I saw, too, that it wasn't just a book. It was eight short stories together. So, right. So you can kind of tell how they tried to mash it up a little mash bit. Mash it together. Yeah. yeah. The, the pacing was really like a, something that I focused on was the pacing. You could tell that it was eight stories put together. Even with the pacing, though, it was still pretty good. You can kind of keep up with what was going on. And the associate producer is native, but the executive producer isn't. Same goes for the music. A native guy made the music, but in both of them, though, there was a white guy like above them. They're, they had natives on here, but they really, it kind of seemed like it was for show because an associate producer is really different than an executive. So both of them, they kind of had to answer to the white guy. It wasn't like they were given like a creative license. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that I kind of found in it. That's pretty neat. Without giving away too much about what I'm going to talk about here in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the rant i'm gonna go on <laughs> i liked this movie yeah it was a good i was it was a good movie i enjoyed it well let's jump into our feathers so for the red gaze each of us will be giving out 
little feathers to different scenes and different actors within the movie. And Little Feathers, of course, after uh, Sashin Littlefeather, who protested the lack of Native actors in films and portrayals in films um, during the Academy Awards. So uh, these these feathers we're going to be giving out. The first one we're going to give out uh, is for uh, is called the Fancy Dance Feather. It's for the best scene of the movie. Um, what do you guys think? There was a lot of scenes in this movie. It's um, I have like one, two, three, four. I have like six things that I maybe like eight. No, it's like ten. Yeah, there's like ten things I really liked about this movie. Oh my god! The main one I really liked though was when they found uh, Margaret, and uh, Silas has that monologue that humanizes her. He tells like her story. You know what I mean? And she had, and he's like, and this is they don't know her like that anymore. But there was like, I'm a big David Lynch fan. There was something really Lynchian about the way they found her body. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but when he, it's all about the framework for him. How you frame, he, he puts focus on like mundane objects so that like you think something's wrong. You know, it, it frames it in your reality so it feels like something's, something's wrong. Like even though it's just a bridge, a boat, and like a body of water, you know something's wrong. So I thought it was really like Lynchian the way that they um, had the camera set up to where you knew they were going to, even if you weren't watching, even if you didn't know it was about murder, you would be like, oh, they're going to like come upon something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the unnaturalness of her, the way she was laying in yeah. a, in sort of a natural environment. It, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just very ominous. Yeah. I really liked uh, when Sadie, she kind of has like a commentary on toxic relationships and like destructive cycles because she like, you know, she goes out of the bar and she kind of goes on that, rant and it was really cool to see like a woman like stand up for herself and have like you know some standards and some boundaries and it kind of like is a contrast and maybe a foreshadow for what's about to happen do you know what I mean right because she's really uneasy about like I don't know there's just like a tension in the air and I like that he was like really respectful of it he didn't get all like you know start acting up about it or whatever I thought it was a really good representation for like a strong woman I really thought it was oh, cool definitely. Okay, you're not going to talk about 10 scenes. <laughs> ben, what's, what's your best scene? Me, I like the, the part where they brought in the activist from Montana. Even like the setting where it looks like a bingo hall. Because I, I remember seeing the bingo numbers behind his head. There's this guy with a mullet with feather earrings. And I guess he has FBI agents tailing him. And he's, he's just preaching about the, the injustice that was done within their community regarding um, Little Margaret's death. But all that part leading up to how Frank Fencepost and Silas were about to get justice on these two FBI agents, like, oh, we'll go wreck his car. And they go outside and just start smashing that guy's vehicle. And, and then when that guy comes out and realize, or sees his car, and then they realize what they did, it's a good comedic moment. And I just feel like when it's a movie like this where it's dealing with, with a serious issue like that, I felt like they did a good job of incorporating some form of humor with within it so i just like that scene right that is that that is a good um that is a good segue sort of into the humor because you feel you feel like the like he's trying to get justice right he's talking about the injustice of it and it's a really harsh moment and then that's one of the best scenes i think when they just have so much fun trashing that car and then it's like oh <laughs> that's not your car <laughs> that's no that, that's your car and he's like no it's not <laughs> uh, that was crazy mariah what's your best scene okay so don't don't at you <laughs> yeah don't at me <laughs> my best scene is when sadie kills the white guy only because i feel like sadie was so down yeah and it was justice not only was she saving little margaret but she was saving silas so at the same time, she was kind of like the protector, you know, and that's how Native women are always portrayed. We're the protectors. As a Native woman, I'm always protecting my family first, my friends and yeah. anybody that I love. And that's just basically what Sadie was doing. She couldn't do it when little Margaret had died. And maybe that's what kind of took her aside and made her realize that life, you know, isn't all bars and boyfriends. So I thought maybe, well, this was her way of protecting Sadie. And then she got a chance to protect Silas. 
So that was one of my best scenes is that she got justice. And she didn't choose violence. Right. I don't want to say like her hand was forced, but it's almost like she didn't have a choice. Who's going to get justice for us? Who's going to do it? She was like, I'll do it. Because she, she, she's the reason why the activist is there in the first place. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. she, she brought him there. Yeah. So she's like, a, I really enjoyed her character. I was like, she's a really strong woman. You know what I mean? Like a native woman. And when her and Silas were like exchanging words outside her trailer and he goes, well, you know, the What's it going to do? Yeah. What's, what's going to happen? That's actually going to do something. Yeah. And then, you know, that just must have triggered it to where, okay, well, he's getting out. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah where so. he was like, because you know what? That scene kind of did have a disconnect for me. I didn't think about that to where she was like, maybe. The, yeah. Because I was like, why is she looking off into the distance like that? Right. And she was probably thinking, well, maybe I will do something about it then. Exactly. And then that's when her thought was like, okay, well, you know, he's getting out in two years. You know, he's out now. So I'm going to start planning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start planning his death. get all my sisters together here. <laughs> So so you guys kind of saw foreshadowing because I honestly I was like floored. I was like, What? Yeah. When when I, they showed it was her and I was like, Oh, that's bomb. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's- I, like I I just thought that was really cool because it was the last person you would have expected. expected. Yeah, right. And I- but but actually the the person who probably should have, you know what I mean? Because that's the justice. I get that totally. Yeah. yeah. Cause I like for me, I felt like leading up to that point when she did actually kill him, I thought it was Gooch the way he was talking about his knife, right. like being the quiet way to do it and slit their throat. Right. And so it, her just came out of the came out of left field. Yeah. For me, anyways. But yeah. Speaking of uh, coming out of left field, I think I have to throw my best scene in there because my best scene obviously is has to do with the goofball side of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love the scene where they get down get down and the car comes driving by and there's nobody driving there's nobody in it i'm like i I almost feel like i have a a story um a similar story when i was young but i'm not gonna share it no oh my god (laughs) he's like i just know i'm gonna see it drive by he's like (laughs) and then it drives by oh my god best scene best scene i had an aunt who passed away and she had a, a lease on a car my cousin he just took it and hit it so that's what that reminded me of that. The insurance paid it off and they never came after it. And it's still at my grandpa's house right now. So that reminded me of like something in my own life. I was like, that's funny. I bet, I bet, I bet if you go up to any native in this in this world and say, do you have a car story, a funny car story? And I'd be like, oh yeah, let me tell you about the time. Yeah, definitely. But cool. A um, lot of good scenes in this movie. Um, I think everybody agrees it's a pretty good movie. Let's give our uh, our sneak up little feathers. So the sneak up little feather is for the best secondary character, I guess, if you will. The person who kind of stole the show in the movie. What do you guys think? Let's start with Ben. Yeah. Well, I liked, actually like Adam Beach's character, Frank Fencepost. Because um, like when I was watching it, he had little one-liners here and there throughout the throughout the show, which kind of lightened the mood. It was like and, true comedic, uh, comedic relief. Yeah, yeah. Because when I compare his character to Silas's, Silas kind of seemed like he was more like medium or in the middle, not too high, not too low. And he had characters that were on all sides of the spectrum on both low and high on him. And I felt like Adam Beach was a good like comedic counterpart where he provided those little, like you said, comedic reliefs. With something as the subject matter is like heavy as murder. You know what I mean? It's really good to have that uh, comedy in there because you're Mm -hmm. tackling murder. But I feel like that's all natives. Like oh. a funeral, it's sad when somebody passes right. away, but it's really fun because you like reconnect and you all see each other. There's always somebody making jokes when the mood is really grim, you know. <laughs> Thinking of that, like when you hear, like think of a grim moment and then somebody says a joke. One of the scenes that reminded me of that was um, they're sitting on a boat, Silas and Frank, in silence or Silas is telling him, <laughs> "Yeah, me and Sadie broke up." And then Frank was like, "Oh, so you're saying she's free or she's available?" <laughs> Mariah my best character is Sadie I agree I freaking love Sadie I just think because these films that we've had watched and everything they always kill off the native woman and you know it's sad that it had you know little Margaret died but at the same time they show the resilience of native women and how strong they are and how they get things done she didn't become like a shell of a person right yeah and she just didn't you know um, back off or anything but she she wanted something done it so. like radicalized her mm-hmm. yeah basically so I, I just think she was just ruthless it was really nice to see okay yeah there was the 
MMIW aspect and the injustice, but the Avenger was right. actually a Native woman. Right. That's yeah. the part I love the most about it. Yeah, that's what I liked about Sadie, too. She really, she, like, mobilized her people. You know, she got somebody, she's talking to the newspaper. She's got a speaker there. She And she'll get her hands dirty, you know. She's not somebody who's just, like, talking about it. She does it, like, on the whole exactly. spectrum. Right. She she helped murder the white guy. And she'll get rid of the evidence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll burn your clothes with you. I just, like, I was like, she, Sadie is a true queen. I was like, I then, stand Sadie. Then she lit her cigarette on the... Oh my goodness. (laughs) Shut up, dude. Yes, exactly. That's I I loved Sadie. She ate and left no crumbs. Yes, she did. (laughs) Well, I would give my little feather for the sneak up to the girl pack. Because I mean it was like so many guys in the movie, you know, lady vibes. But yeah, but (laughs) it was like when the girl pack comes walking up the, the street, you know, and it's like I just wanted to see more of the girl pack right. and, and yeah. what they would say and like how they would react. I just wanted to see more of them, but obviously we didn't get to see a whole lot of them. That's why I would give my feathers to them. He's like, I wanted to see these girls interact, exactly. you know, yeah. especially the way that they like distracted them in the bar, you know, mm-hmm. when she's like, Oh, Hey, and he's like, where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, I like, yeah, that's good. All right. Well, let's move on to our next category is the nay moment. Are uh, who are you gonna give your feathers to for the cheesiest, corniest, corniest, or most unbelievable moment? Uh, let's start with you, Clay. Um, I got like a lot uh, when he pulls up and all the res kids pile up on the car. <laughs> I loved that. I was like, oh my god, because we used to do that. My grandma just like run up to the car. We didn't even know who was coming. You know what I mean? But we just <laughs> run up to the car anyway. So I really liked that one. Are we gonna have more than one with this name moment? <laughs> we almost have to. We almost have to. Yeah, and then when he was like, "Hey, it's Saturday night before they fight." Like every night isn't Saturday night for you, Silas. You know, you're you're a res lifer. Come on now, like settle down. The activist in the bingo hall. I was like, oh, of course. You know, he's in the bingo hall. <laughs> like, I would, a big shot would, at the bingo what, hall. Was, it, was that like the most realistic bingo hall you've ever seen? Because oh, I mean, like, I'm, I, I, I've, like one of our categories for our bingo, our, our uh, res movie bingo later is is a casino or um, bingo hall. And I, I'm just like, man, I think I might have been in that bingo yeah. hall. That, that bingo board looks so familiar. Right. The chairs, right. the t- like everything looks Isn't so familiar. Isn't one like in kennel somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I seen it, I was like, I, I can just smell it. I know it smells like yep. in that bingo hall. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> when they say they're spirit animals, I thought that was uh, funny because he's like I am the walrus but, what, was that like a Beatles reference is that what he was doing I was like that's why I liked it I thought it was a Beatles reference because there's this Beatles song called I am the walrus <laughs> could have been could have been the white guy calling his mother-in-law mom all the time yeah. you guys that? No. I was like stop yeah. she like lets him but she's looking at him like you're okay, lucky stop. <laughs> yeah he was kissing major e. <laughs> that was some of my name moments Ben what about you what are your name moments like one of the moments that first stuck stuck out for me was that the sidekick for the main villain or that little bald guy with that oh yeah like the shaved oh, yeah. head when he walked up to uh, or no he was walking through the bar and uh, he gooch bumps into him and that guy like confronts him and call like pretty much calls him every name in the book and then to to make it worse throws his drink on him and I was like. This little tiny guy, the smallest guy in the bar, is right. fighting the biggest Indian in the bar. <laughs> I was like, "Is he called long hair?" He's like, "Hey, long hair!" I'm like, "Oh God!" <laughs> so I was like, it, "Like that would happen where the littlest guy is going to challenge the biggest guy in the bar that just like, got out of prison." And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was yeah, that was a pretty name moment where I don't think that would happen. That's funny. Um, mine would have to be is when the mom, the native mom, was asking her daughter for like grandchildren. You know, most Native moms are like, quit having some kids. Yes. She's like, where's my grandchild? Yeah. <laughs> There's like a scene where she's standing on her steps and she wants a grandchild so bad. She looks to her left and there's like a stroller. And I'm like, oh, no, jeez. Really? It's not happening. Like an empty nest vibe. Yeah. Don't you see all those kids running around? <laughs> Meanwhile, like 20 of them just pig pile yeah. the car out. <laughs> And my other one was when Gooch beat up all the cops. Oh, that oh, was God. mine. Oh, that God. was mine. I was like, yeah. It was, it, it was cool. It was something you wish would happen. But, it's not but it was real. like, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> that was a good one. Our next little feathers. 
Who could handle Auntie or Uncle? <laughs> Who's the hottie in the film? Well, for me, I put, well, I picked Sadie. Because I thought a lot of the reasons that we all mentioned already was because she avenged Margaret's murder. She was just a strong character. Felt that she was um, not only like a beautiful Indian woman, she was also just strong. And I just loved her character too as well. So I felt like she's not only a hottie, but she could handle any uncle. <laughs> Clay, do you agree? It, it's Gooch, right? I mean, can we talk about Gooch? Can we talk about his hair? Yeah, right? Oh my God, Gooch was amazing. He's like the strong silent type. You know? hey, can, can, can I just mention this though, that like what was within this film with every native man wearing his hair out like down yeah like down cover of a romance novel yeah, yeah. like most native men that i know that wear have the hair you know either ponytail one braid two braids whatever it's not like all flowing so they can like flip it back like you know what was, know. What, what, what was well, like i know i looked i looked up the costume designer specifically <laughs> for that question because i was like who's the costume designer here and what what were they doing like having these men with their hair all flying all over the place i don't know yeah, I was thinking that too. But then, speaking of the costume designer, that's what I was thinking was, looked like they were going for like a biker or heavy metal type look with each of the characters. Right. right. They're wearing like leather coats or torn up jean jackets. And I mean, or even kind of a long a grunge coat. thing, maybe. So too, I thought maybe that was their style at the time where they were like shooting for the grunge, or not the grunge, but like heavy metal. The big hairband look, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it was just that particular community that was really into that. <laughs> yeah, it could have been because of the time period or something. Maybe. But. I think the time period, though, but back home in Canada, that's how they were, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were to look pictures of, like, my family back home in, like, the 90s or 80s, they had their hair low and it was, like, no braids or anything. Yeah, so maybe it does speak to the time period, maybe. Yeah, the time period of it back home in Canada. I mean, you look at it. They had long hair. They let it all hang loose and whatever. I mean, it worked for Gooch. I was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, Ryan. I'm not complaining. Ryan's just... No. I think <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's crushing over here. I don't know. I, I just... I'm not... The only time to me around here you see native men with the hair down like that is like day three of a runner. When they lost their rubber band, they just they gave up. <laughs> they smell awful. Yeah. <laughs> Clay, what about you? I, I said Gooch, didn't I? Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And one thing about Gooch, too, I, I was going to pick him as well, but I figured somebody else was bound to pick Gooch. <laughs> Yeah, one thing too is like his entrance into the show was impressive. Like right. pulling up on a motorcycle, going into the bar all quiet and calling out Silas. It, I, when I was watching it, I was like, the only other bar entrance I seen that was as good as that was Terminator 2 and Arnold pulls up and walks into the bar. I was like, they almost have the same kind of vibe. Oh, like yeah. Right? Motorcycles and black leather. And, yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's what I was comparable to me. But, the, but when he had to you know, leave with the motorcycle, it ended up on the track. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't start. It wouldn't oh my start. goodness. That was hilarious. That kind of brings me to one of my favorite quotes of the movie, which was from that uh, little bartender at the beginning of the movie. Oh, he said, yeah. two things happen to a man in jail. He comes out a killer or he comes out a Christian. Either way, I don't want him here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a pretty awesome quote. So I had for the who could handle auntie and uncle, uh, Mad Edda. I don't know if you guys remember who the character Mad Edda was. The, the one witchy, kind of the, the yeah, one. the witchy one. The she witch. was using the medicine. I was like, oh, that auntie's yeah, she was using medicine on somebody somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> when she kicks the guy, when he's like, he's telling a little market, get away from me or leave me alone, and then he like kicks her chair i thought that was pretty yep funny. yep so she, you you know she ran that town somehow when she's like mixing the potion he's like i don't think i need this and she's like yeah i'm sure you don't <laughs> yeah she definitely gave off that pretty that that wicked anti-vibe <laughs> thanks clay <laughs> oh my god yeah i was like i don't want to offend mariah but it was giving me like mariah vibes <laughs> And then the other one for the the haughty uncle, I thought I it was kind of the the, the tribal cop, you know, 
you could see the tribal cops sitting there, you know, standing there looking all badass. And, you know, if if tribal cops didn't have such a bad, um, f- just didn't have a bad vibe, like a <laughs> he would have been the hottie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if I, didn't, if I didn't have this thing for not liking cops, he would have <laughs> been the hottie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to our scene 86. Who are we giving our little feathers to? Let's start with you, Mariah. I would have to say the whole giving the name. That wasn't my favorite scene, the whole giving the name thing. Like, I wasn't for the whole, what would they call him, Bob? Fire Chief. Fire Chief, that was it. Yeah. And then my other one was, I didn't like the fact that they all knew how bad the white guy was, but they let little Margaret go. Like that whole scene there right. where they just, they knew exactly who he was and what type of person he was, but and they just let her go with him. So those were my two worst scenes what but he d- but he does look at her like with concern as she's walking out silas he looks at her like what is she doing you right, know what but i mean he didn't yeah. save her like he could have said hey little margaret don't go but you know there was just a look of concern there was no action yeah right? and where's the girl pack like, yeah, you know the girl pack exactly. wouldn't have let her go with a scumbag like that i don't know that's my i, I have know. a cousin like that though and sometimes you just can't stop him Right, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know a little Margaret. <laughs> Paloma. Margaret. Paloma, if you're out there. <laughs> you know I'm talking about you. <laughs> oh, called her out. <laughs> she needs to be called out. <laughs> uh, Clay, what about you? What, what scene... What scene would you 86? I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really great. I had to go through it with like a fine tooth comb to really figure out what I didn't like. Um, a couple of things. Um, when they meet in the bar at the beginning, there's a throwaway line where he's like, um, you know, his brother's autistic and he's like a little niche knob and he has like a an R word for a brother. I was like, oh, I kind of cringed. I was like, I don't think you oh, guys yeah. needed that in there. Why? Oh, what's right. the, what's what's like the point of having like the R word in there like that? You know what I mean? It kind of mm-hmm. and it kind of made me like it was kind of like felt like it was out of character for Gooch. I was like, I don't think he'd say something like that. I didn't like that one. And um, I think pacing and transition was like a really big problem in this movie. But it's a really good movie. So, like, I would really maybe 86 the fertility storyline. Oh, definitely. It really didn't fit in. It was really good to have. I mean, it was cool. But it, it just didn't feel like it fit to me. I feel like if the fertility wasn't there, we could have had the interracial race relationship without the fertility. Right. It was cool to have it. It just was stuffed in there. And that's probably something that speaks to, like, the source material. You know, to where it was probably in the books. Yeah, I think that's what when we were talking about at the beginning of the pod about... You know, the fact that it was a bunch of short stories mashed together. That's what it felt like. That story was kind of shoehorned in there when it didn't really need to be. Yeah. Ben, what about you? What scene would you 86? I kind of agree with the first first scene you mentioned, Mariah, with the the naming ceremony. For me, it was actually that scene, but it was two scenes in one because not only was it the naming ceremony, but it was also them connecting Gooch and uh, I can't remember the sister's name, Ileana. Mm -hmm. Ileana connecting them together so she can get pregnant. So they're both happening at the same time. It like kind of flash back and forth. Well, um, they're, I know the, the naming part was supposed to be funny, but I don't really laugh much throughout that, no. that scene. It's kind of seemed a little bit cheesy. And, mm. and what made it worse was while that was going on the same time, his, yeah, his no. wife was getting folded by Gooch. I was like, <laughs> man, what the heck, man? <laughs> this guy's having a bad night. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> I actually found that kind of enduring. It's like you're some kind of Wolverine. I don't know. <laughs> I actually found the whole like naming ceremony kind of enduring because she really, they, they really want a family. You know what I mean? They they really, really want a family. And the mom's even like trying to figure out and they even go to like a, a, like a witchy medicine woman. You know what I mean? So like they really want a family. And so they come together as a family of like, how are we going to do this? And they're like, well, your sister, you know, you need to distract her uh, husband and then we're going to do this. You know what I mean? So he starts out to me, he starts off as like the butt of the joke, the white guy. You know what I mean? But he obviously really sees himself as a part of this family. And he he like really like um, sees them as equals. If anything, he wants to measure up to them. So I thought it was really enduring that um, even though he's the butt of the joke, they come around to liking him you know they're making fun of him but then they come around to be like you know what he's not that bad you know what i mean there's really yeah, nothing wrong with the, him then at the end when um silas gets picked up by the cops he's like i'm a lawyer and then he's like he's my brother yeah you know yeah, that, that, oh, no, that was yeah cool so that's too, that's yeah. why it was really cool to me that whole uh, naming scene mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I the scene I would have to eighty six, and this this is the you know uh, I'm the elder of the group, so mm-hmm. I have to say I, I I was really struggling with the sex scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like as an old you know like strew like I mean I don't know I close your eyes. I know I was just like ee what are they doing on TV? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i could have done without the sex scene i think we i think we got the point that they were gonna go make a baby they didn't need to really um you know get graphic about it but i don't know i, I think that was I, personally i think that was a white man decision to yeah. oh, put a sex scene in there definitely. you know like that yeah so, yeah going back to that too like i was i was watching it at work because i'm watching it through my phone and my coworker walks by and it's right on that part. That's like, oh, jeez. She's kind of panting and I was like, what the heck? Oh, my God. Watching porn at work. Yeah, <laughs> Editing his home films at work. <laughs> rugged, rugged. All right. Let's move, let's move on to our um, cousin, Little Feather. What uh, native actor or actress could have played the lead role or could have done it better? Who would you swap in and out? Uh, this movie was stacked. Like Michael Gray Eyes is in it. There's like a Adam Beach is in it. It's really stacked. So I was like, I don't really want to take away any roles from these people. So I kind of shifted to the white guy. Mm-hmm. He's white. And I was like, what if we made like, what if Tom Hardy or like Leo or like even like a Mark Ruffalo played that type? Right. Like the, played the white ally because I really didn't want to replace any of these native actors because a lot of them are still relevant today. You know what I mean? Right. Michael yeah. Gray Eyes is having like a resurgence in his career right now because of Rutherford Falls and... Adam Beach is Adam Beach. <laughs> I really thought, yeah, I think I would just replace the white guy with another white guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't replace anybody. Like, because it was so good, you know? Mm-hmm. And to find out that Poppy was Chinese, but, I mean, she looked native. You go on to res, you see. Asian, nerd mm-hmm. natives look Asian anyway. Uh, have, have you have, have any of you guys gotten mistaken for Asian? No. Do you know well, anybody who's been mistaken for Asian? Yes. Oh, it I happens have. all oh, the yeah. time. Tons. I have a yeah. sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Our nickname is China. <laughs> yeah, nickname is China. <laughs> ben, what about you? Did you see any changes well, you'd like to see? Like when what I was talking about, Silas, I kind of didn't care for his character. Well, I mean, he had to be like, <gasps> yeah, he had to be insert like a, gay gas. He had to be like a medium yeah. kind of guy, but he didn't want to distract from the the whole the whole plot of the show. But so I went with a different character, what I'd replace too as well. Oh my god! I went with Gooch. I was like, we can replace Gooch and. I was thinking, who could I replace Gooch with? That's Michael Gray Eyes you're talking oh, about. No, but here, here's what, this here's is Michael Gray Eyes you're speaking oh about. Yeah, this out. is Mariah's big crush. So, so so it's everybody's We Love Him. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I came up with. I was like, well, who can replace Gooch? This is a strong, quiet guy. At main, one of the main characters of the movie that's just a badass. And I was like, well, we all seen Dance with Wolves. We all know who Wind in His Hair is. Oh. So I was like, man, Rodney Grant could replace Gooch. Oh, he could. No. He would have no, no, done no, a good no, job. No, no, I, I think Rodney Grant yep, could have been Gooch. Yep. I, I How agree. dare you? He could have been, been a good Gooch. People, will, people, will, <laughs> people will say anything. <laughs> <laughs> who are you even? <laughs> the, the one character I wished um, we could have changed would be Ileana. I thought she was pretty lifeless, although she was, you know, native actress, you know, beautiful. But I, I kind of felt like she was a little bit flat. And I, I think, um, so I was trying to think of like native actresses, uh, Kimberly Guerrero. I started looking at her stats and how many movies, like she's been in a ton of movies. <laughs> and um, I just, I, I like her character in a lot of the movies. And so I was thinking um, Kimberly Guerrero instead of Ileana. And I don't know. I like Martin Sensmeyer too, so oh, yeah. I'm like, he would have made a good gooch, I think. He was badass in the Magnificent Seven. Like, I just thought he was really cool. Gooch in that is movie. Michael Gray Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> people, okay, sacrosanct. What is it? He, he what? said that people still call him that on the street. He said that that's his most recognizable <laughs> role is Gooch. He is Gooch. Michael Gray Eyes is Gooch. Gooch is Michael Gray Eyes. Right, right. <laughs> let's right. let's okay. get that straight, okay? All right, okay. <laughs> We got. We, we can't think, touch Michael Gray. I think Ileana's <laughs> character was dry, only because the way they, the role that they gave her, like the fertility, she needs a baby. Like you know, I think most Native women don't need that type of lifestyle. Like they don't need a baby, right. to, you know, to make it to where they are. I feel like that's just 
if they gave her a different role, like in the girl pack, right. part of the, you know, justice of helping little Margaret, you know, or Sadie, I think it was, she would have flourished. Yeah, I really liked, I though, that it was him that was infertile. It wasn't her. Right. It was, it was his fault. It wasn't her fault. I really liked that part of it. I thought that was cool. And she never came off as like taking advantage of him. It seemed like she really cared about him. Even yeah. when she was getting folded by <laughs> Gooch, she was like, don't fall in love with me. You know? She's like, don't fall in love with me. Which oh, relatable. <laughs> How could you not? No, I mean me relatable. <laughs> I, yeah. I just thought it was cool that, you know, because like it's always like the the woman's fault like especially when the in cultures where the man is like a strong man it's always oh it's her fault it can never be his fault it was cool that it was her, uh, his fault the fact that they made this movie it was not just male you know the male weren't the strong ones in this yeah. it was like the females were like the badass characters in this entire film it was like right, bro- but they yeah. weren't front and center right. in it too yeah. i, I kind of like that that, yeah. that it was kind of a balance almost like native culture itself you know like there's a balance but it's right. like the native women are ho- holding shit up. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. they're holding court. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. We've uh, given out our feathers and talked about all of uh, some the best scenes. I want to go around one more time and just kind of what what are some other things about the movie that you want to mention that we maybe haven't talked about yet? We'll start with you, Mariah. Basically, I think that when they were in the um the prison or the jail and they were trying to get the trying to find the killer for the white guy and they were just like well you know they found silas's knife in his boot and it had his blood on it and he already confessed saying that was my blood but they were so quick to just be like you guys did it you know like the injustice there of these native men that they're just ready to just convict because i hadn't seen it before and i had like this dread of like and i'd never seen it you know so i was like oh obviously like it's gonna end in tragedy like they're gonna arrest him and you know he's gonna go to prison i really did think that you know watching it in the moment Mm -hmm. that's i think that was this that was one of my one of the things i just didn't sit well with me even like every time i watch it i just never like that part Mm -hmm. where it's just like they're so quick to just because he's a native man or your native boys or whatever, they want to just convict him right away. Mm-hmm. I think that was just my thing. About right. The whole movie. And that's interesting that you say that because it seemed like the theme of the whole movie was injustice, you know, like this whole yeah. injustice that, you, right. that we see. And it's just so fatiguing the injustice, you know, but that's also a Can- it's a Canadian film. So it's based in Canada. You see that that's the thing where Canadians are looked as if blacks were looked in America. Right. You know, so there's so yeah. many killings. There's so many um, murders of native and women mm-hmm. or native men and women. And they look at them to where these guys are criminals. And I think that's just the part where it didn't sit so well with me because coming from I am Canadian, I lived there most of my life. Um, seeing that that's true. Like you go to Canada, the white people, they don't hide racism at all when natives. You know, I had a cousin who died um, from a RCM police officer. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, hit his body and then said, oh, I found his body. You know, so Jeez. it was just like, that's the part that just uh, never sat well with me with that entire film. Was they're just so quick to just convict them right. when they're not even guilty. Yeah, and it's sort of traumatizing, you know, because you you can feel it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, in, in the police's defense... <laughs> no, but remember, remember they said, well, we're going to Come keep- on, it's a hard job, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody just listened. <laughs> you animals just behaved. <laughs> well, really what I was going to say is they, he actually gave him a chance because he was like, well, they had him stripped down and keep their clothes and any drop of blood is, um, I can't remember the, the villain character's name, but. If any drop of blood is his, then you guys are all going to prison or going to however he phrased it. But so they actually let him go, and I I can't even imagine cops letting somebody just go on the streets like that after somebody was murdered, right. and they just let him go. I didn't well, think without a bond. Technically, they didn't let him go because Gooch beat them all up, oh. so they just oh, yeah. ran out. They were yeah. like free to Took go. Off. All right, Ben. What about you? Are there any other scenes in there that you think we should mention? Well, I think the way the movie started out was with Silas narrating, talking about how him and Frank are going to start going to mechanical school or mechanic school, I mean. And he said, yeah, we just got to write a write an essay and we'll be in there. And I was thinking, write an essay. I could like write an essay in like one or two days or 
after I put some thought into it, but once he, at the beginning, he's talking about writing an essay, but all the way at the end, after like a murder happened, uh, <laughs> the, the murderer got arrested and sat two years in prison, then <laughs> they avenged his murder, and then even a pregnancy happened. I was like, and then they wrote their essays at the end. I was like, that was a, that was a long essay. <laughs> As a Put native writer, I can uh, I can say that that's true. <laughs> I got ten stories on the cooking right novel. now. <laughs> but I feel like the the death made them grow up. You know, like if you go on any res, like if you lived on it, you know somebody that's died young in your teenagers or your young adult life that made you grow up a little bit. So I think that just helped his resume along because it helped him grow up and see that you know it's not bars and boyfriends and girlfriends can can i pose an idea do you guys think it was like a stand by me like a coming of age like i felt like it was really like a coming of age because at the beginning he's like you know wondering oh i'm gonna go to school but what am i gonna write my essay about and he he has like all these life experiences you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and he really does come of age and these aren't like you know trivial issues they're Mm -hmm. like really deep issues that affected him i really felt like it was like a coming of age like he right. really came of age at the end. Yeah. Yep. I would say I would say it was a mix of uh Stand by Me and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> oh god, yeah. yeah. I kind of got that vibe <laughs> the way um Adam Beach was acting. Right? He was like totally channeling Keanu Reeves and and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I was like, "What?" My, one of my favorite scenes is where he headbutts that guy in the bar, <laughs> that little short guy, and then he's like Put him up, put him up, <laughs> and he's dancing around. That that scene right there just made me laugh so bad. Um, it was such a, you know, such a goofy, you know, he was such a goofy character, you know. Yeah, I think this movie has a perfect ending. I think the move, the the ending is really perfect. Um, they use Indian Car. I always thought that song was like campy, and I didn't really like it. I always right. thought like, yeah, that's a real campy song. But um, they use it once before, and I oh, that was like another scene eighty six for me. I thought that they could have took it out from before because it really didn't translate. Then it's like, oh, this is a you don't really notice the song. But at the end, I thought it was cool that they used it for the closing uh, reddit uh, credit song. Mm-hmm. You know, and it ends on like a hopeful line. You know, he's like. I can't believe Frank wrote his essay. And he's like, oh, yeah. and then, she, then he's like, oh, yeah, I think that's the best thing that I'm ever going to write. So I thought uh, the ending was really good. It was it felt like closure. And he's like going somewhere. You know what I mean? And he's like, I wonder when I'm going to come back. So he obviously has plans to like do something and come back. Right. It's like it like mirrors what Sadie did. You know, yeah. she left and then she came back. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Sadie. Sadie went, remember she, he's like, Sadie goes out. Remember there's that transitional part where he's talking about what everybody did. Poppy moves to Toronto. Sadie goes off. Yeah. And she becomes like an activist and he misses her, but he knows that she's doing stuff that's important. Right. Yeah. So a little category that I got to add to it just because I don't know, I, I speak in movies is, um, I, I like to, a little part I want to add is the, my favorite, my favorite quotes from the movie, my one-liners, because all of these movies has some really cool one-liners. So we mentioned a couple of them, but a um, couple couple that we haven't mentioned is, uh, I think I'm going to add into my vernacular is, uh, there's a truck full of ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then the part where they're going into the naming ceremony, he goes, what are those, totems? And he's like, no, it's old car parts. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course the the time challenged cheryl loved the the scene where he said first thing in the morning we're gonna get going seven o'clock and they're like seven o'clock okay 7 30 i was like yeah 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 they're on indian time (laughs) there there was like uh there was three scenes that are connected together that uh, maybe you guys can give me some clarity on because i have no i really it kind of went over my head uh, he says three times, do you think the women are thinking something? What does that mean? I think he was just trying to be funny. That's what I got out of it. But, okay, have you guys ever seen Moonstruck? No. No. Oh, on there, she like she's like, um, why do men cheat? The whole thing is like, why do men cheat? And um, at the end, she's like, it's because they fear death. So I felt like, is it like a phys- is he like waxing poetic? You know what I mean? No. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm asking for clarity. No, I'm asking for clarity. Do you guys, do you, what do you guys think that, because I have no idea what that means. It just means. <laughs> just can't figure out women is kind of what I got from it, where he just doesn't understand his girlfriend or other 
girls is what I what I took from it. So it's like a native way of saying like. I think they're thinking something because I remember he was using the urinal by Gooch, and that's what he asked him. Hey, Gooch, can I ask you something? Women, do you think they're thinking something? Yeah, I remember that part. I really don't know what that means, though. I know that it connects to um, them planning the murder, maybe, but like I still don't get what that means. Oh, I remember Adam Beach too, and they, those girls came to go see Gooch, and he was up on the hill. Quiet, he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> he was like his little toady. He's like Gooch is so cool. I want to be Gooch when I grow up. Hey, what was with the? What was with? What was with the? Uh, all of his scenes in the bathroom. I kept wondering, like, they sure they're, they're sure in the bathroom a lot. <laughs> but then, of course, it is well, a bar. In a bar so yeah, no. <laughs> it's quieter. Yeah. And it definitely uh, should have been a TV series to begin with, and it ended up becoming a TV series because these characters are really rich. It's not that these characters, uh, to me, it wasn't that these characters aren't fleshed out. It's just that um, there wasn't enough time for them, you know, to be fully fleshed out. They were there. I seen them, but it wasn't fully fleshed out. It does a good job of showing that uh, women are a big part of our lives um, and that men are most likely going to mess it up. You know what I mean? So that they have to come in and help. And um, it's about the murder of little Margaret. But then again, it isn't. You know what I mean? So the pacing was a really big problem for me. And uh, you can it's probably because it was supposed to be a TV series. They had all these things spliced together and they didn't know how to transition. So I recommend this movie to everyone. But I would say it's not a cinemat- uh, cinematography masterpiece. You know, it doesn't look glossy and it doesn't look nice, but it's right. a really good movie. Yeah. You can tell it's a very low budget movie. There, yeah. that's the sound quality is not great, and the the picture quality is not great. But the, but the story is very um, entertaining, and it's very uh, meaningful to right. you know you you can see it meaning be meaningful to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Unless this was like an introduction, you know, like an introduction movie, then start off with like the tv series yeah i think that they could bring it back don't you think they could right. like netflix they could totally movie. do like a netflix oh, series yeah. of this film that would yeah. be but awesome what's from rebooting it i mean there's right. a million reboots we don't need they petition going i was like no. i'd like to see this on netflix or something you know? or it'll be gooch awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if i have to be gooch i'll be gooch <laughs> stop asking i'll be gooch <laughs> i feel like it was ahead of its time very ahead of its you know, time. Oh, yeah, especially like, with what's going on now. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. I feel like it could have just, like, it could be a now movie. And especially Definitely. with the representation of a murdered uh, indigenous woman on the screen. You know what right. I mean? In media. not Obviously, there's women of color getting murdered before the beginning of time. But on here, it was a representation on film. You know what I mean? Right. It was Yeah, right. it was really ahead right. of its time. Right. I want to. I want to. I want to note there though. If it's redone, let's get some nice smooth braids on these men, please. Yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> Except for leave Gooch. <laughs> we can't. We can't touch Gooch. <laughs> He's perfect. Okay, so our last question for this movie is: uh, Would you give this film a start quilt? Written by a white guy, produced by a white guy, wardrobe by white guys. <laughs> but would you give this film a start quilt? What do you think, Clay? Yes, I definitely would because um, I def- I really identified with Silas. You know, he's really wondering what he's going to do with his life. And it was a movie where it was true escapism for me. I felt like I could enjoy the movie. I sat there really like moving along with it, even though the pacing, the transition was off. I really did. I really liked it. Okay. Uh, ben, what do you think? Yeah, I'd give it a star quilt too as well. But like you said, the, the, the idea that it was written by a, a white person and um, directed by a white person um, makes it fall just a little bit short where I wouldn't give it a satin star quilt but I'd, I'd, probably, give it a, I'd probably give it a baby quilt or a, maybe a, a tween a, tw- a twin size <laughs> yeah. Mariah what about you? Yes I definitely would just because of the, the way they portrayed the women just how strong and just the lead of how they all were you know mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I would definitely give this star star quote this movie yeah Yeah, i agree i do a a twin size pink and purple star quote maybe (laughs) (laughs) not a baby one (laughs) let's move on to the last activity for our pod which is our red gaze bingo so for those listeners who aren't aren't familiar with res gaze bingo we have a bingo card here with 25 spaces filled with the common tropes that you see in native films. The res kids, the res dogs, the eagle screaming, the powwow scene, the broken down car, the poverty house, 
the historical flashback, flute music, long hair worn down, likely blown in the wind. <laughs> a res slang word is said, a fake eagle feather. Uh, one category, I've been there. That means someone in the room has been at that location. Turquoise jewelry, a casino or bar, moccasins, an elder or medicine man, buckskin clothes, two braids, a mean auntie, a dream catcher, a pipe, a painted horse, a teepee, a beer bottle or booze, or a light-skinned native. All right, so we uh, watched the movie and uh, got out our lucky beaded dabbers and our little mm, troll dolls. Um, Raya has a little troll that she uses. <laughs> Did anybody <laughs> drag her? Her beta dauber and all her lucky little. All right. Did anybody get a straight bingo? I did not. I did no, not. No, I got a straight bingo. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> bingo! Yeah, bingo! <laughs> all right. What'd you get, Ben? Well, I got the casino or bar, res dog. There was definitely a bar. Mean, mean auntie, uncle, <laughs> fake eagle feather, which I attributed to the headdress. I wasn't. You said they were all feathers, but I still say that since it's a naming ceremony, I don't hear of any tribes using, yeah, using a right. using a fake. They'll use a fake feather. So um, the other, the last one is beer bottle of booze, which was a lot of that in the movie. <laughs> all right, what do you guys think? That's a good bingo. <laughs> bingo. Clear your cards. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah. I know I was on, but <laughs> anybody else? Was, I was on. Oh, Mariah had a postage postage stamp. stamp. She had a postage stamp. Bingo! (laughs) We have another bingo. Hold your cards. I got like res dog, poverty house, res car, and long hair worn down. That's a good bingo. (laughs) I was actually close to getting a double bingo. Oh my God. I just fell one short with two braids. If, if one of these Indians in this movie had a braid, had a braid in his hair, I, I would have had a double bingo, but no, they all wore it down. They all wore it down. Yeah, if crazy. we had a powwow scene going on, I would have had two bingos also. Yeah, this is a contemporary one, so we'll, we'll, we'll get more competitive in the next movies, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, that's all we have for today. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining the Red Gaze this evening for our edition of Dance Me Outside. Flutes and feathers, eagles cry. No more saviors, no more lies. Waiting for better days. We'll be here with our red gaze. Hey, oh, hey, ah, hey, oh. Here!